This episode is dedicated to the memory of Megan's dog, Simi. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Miss Megan O'Toole. She joins us via Skype from her apartment in San Francisco. Uh, she and I got to know one another via her blog. Um, she featured some of my art on it uh, in 2007 or something. And I you know, I think I was following it before I was asked to be a part of it too, so that's always rad. We sat down and talked about Mac Fossils, Boston, San Francisco, my Love For You blog, podcasting, connectors, art blogs, other people's art blogs, uh, interviews, Irish Catholicism, feminism, male-female relationships, democratization of tweets, Jack Lane, Joe Rogan, openness, excess drama, burning out, finding balance, and JR. So make sure you go and check out the blog where you can get the links to Megan's blog. Uh, go to MikeMaxwellArt.com and click on the blog. You can, you can click on the podcast link over there and go to the index page and get all the shows. Make sure you uh, subscribe in iTunes and download all the shows from over there. The more you subscribe and download directly from iTunes, the higher we get on the charts and the more exposure we get to the, to the general masses. Um, I appreciate everybody who's been sending in the positive responses and, and uh, feedback on the show. Um, all that stuff is fuel to keep going and is always appreciated. If you have anything that you want to hear talked about on the show or maybe a guest that you think might be interesting or any of that stuff, uh, you can now follow the podcast on Twitter. Over It's uh, Twitter at Live Free Podcast. I guess if you just search Live Free Podcast, um, you'll find it. Uh, or if you already followed me on Twitter, you can. You, I have posts that link to it too. You can find it over there. I had the last two podcasts, the the edits I had done. I had been talking about this contest that I was going to do, which I have actually postponed due to the uh, the earthquakes in Japan. And you know, a lot of people are donating to the relief effort over there, and it felt weird to to run the contest. So I'm just going to hold off a couple weeks and run it again. So I'm just gonna. My sponsors are getting an extra bonus for for sticking with me and not being bummed that I didn't get all this, uh, all the, these prize packs out. But it's it'll it'll happen. So make sure you check out my sponsors, DSDShop.com and DSD Clothing. They've been with us for a long time. Also, Brixton Manufacturing. Check them out. Rad clothing company out of Oceanside, and their website is Brixton.com. B-R-I-X-T-O-N.com. And also keepabreast.org, the breast cancer awareness organization. Uh, check them out at keep-a-breast.org. So with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Miss Megan O'Toole. All right, let's give Megan a call. You there? Yeah, hey. Hi. <laughs> Your video's not on yet. Oh, really? Yeah, you got you got to click the. There you go. Hi. Hi. Nice to uh, sort of virtually meet you for the first time. Yeah, totally. Can uh, you see me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Everything good on your end? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just my thing is black, but it's, I don't need to see myself. So. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I'm on my work's computer, so it doesn't really. It's a pretty. It's a MacBook Pro, like 15 inch. Whereas, like, my old Mac is a dinosaur. And it's only two years old, but because of, like, all the stuff I've done with my blog on it. Yeah. 
it's just yeah there's like no space left on it at all all the music i have too is crazy that's the same thing happened to me i have the uh the old imac it's sitting behind this current imac like a skeleton Uh back there like fossilizing (laughs) it's crazy well um i think everything looks good so let's let's just jump right into this thing um thank you for taking the time to do the show i appreciate it yeah of course thanks for asking me yeah um we uh like i said we we've never really met in person but we've been internet pals for for some time at least a few years right yeah, a couple of years for sure. Like, probably like since two thousand seven. Yeah, you're a you're a East Coast transplant to San Francisco, right? I am. Were you born and raised on the East Coast? Yeah, I was born in Boston. I was ho- I wanted to try to. It's been so fun like doing these podcasts because it makes me um, look at people's voices in a different way because I'm looking at the the sound wave patterns all the time. Oh, really? Neat. So I'm picking up different. Um, you know, enunciations and uh, inflections and things in people's mm-hmm. voices where I'm, I'm, I'm starting to pick up where certain people sound alike and I can sort of pinpoint <clears throat> where it is. I know Boston obviously has a pretty distinct accent, but it doesn't sound like you have an accent at all. You know, I don't. And it's funny because um, I grew up in the inner city. I grew up in Jamaica Plain, which is part of Boston. And um, and I don't, but I have it on certain uh, certain words, yeah. like um, quarters, Uh, what else and I like seriously for the longest time had no idea like that the way that I said quarter was like totally wrong (laughs) well who's to say what's right and wrong you know yeah (laughs) but it's it's just funny because like people do not believe that I'm from Boston because I don't have like this you know I don't have that crazy accent but I don't know why I don't yeah you're lucky maybe it's 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 like a neighborhood to neighborhood thing right yeah I don't know I don't know what it is how long have you been in San Francisco <clears throat> I've been in San Francisco, um, like basically off and on for 10 years. I moved out here in 2001, in the summer of 2001. And then I left in 2007 to move back to Boston to take care of some stuff. My mom was sick and, uh, just was kind of burnt out on San Francisco, like really needed a break, missed my family a lot. And I moved home and from the get, it was just, I mean, it was great to be home um, and a lot of good things came out of that, you know, that, that time, like my blog, like I totally worked super hard on my blog. And yeah. I, I think that's I, when we, we sort of connected probably around that same time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I moved home. Technically I moved home in October of 2007. That's like when I really just like went full steam ahead. Like I just, I really, I missed San Francisco so bad, man. I, I thought about it every single day. And just was like, oh, my God, I made the biggest mistake of my life moving back. Because Boston's great if, like, you have a family, you know, and you have kids and you're not super. I mean, there's just not a lot going on there. And, like, to come from a city like San Francisco where there's so much art and so much music and everything is super electric and just happening. And Boston, you know, it's a little behind the times. and, um, And they're a little jaded around New York and stuff. So there's just not a lot happening and, uh, you know, I really craved it. So yeah, I thought about San Francisco every single day. I just kind of threw myself into my blog. I was just like, all right, you know, and, and basically just, I worked and I had a day job and then I would come home. I lived with my family, would come home and just like jam out on the blog and just, yeah, it basically like I started it in 2006, but it basically became what it, what it is now in 2007, that, that winter. And I think that's, yeah, that's when we connected. It, yeah, it was, we connected via your blog. Um, mm-hmm. 
you do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like you you said you started in two thousand six. What's the name of it? Um, My love for you is a stampede of horses. And for people who don't know, it's a it's a serious library of a lot of well known and a lot of unknown artists. You know, like a huge library. I think that yeah. that could be valuable for I think for a lot of people who who aren't quite aware of what's going on. You know, even in in different cities, and you you've managed to connect with a, with a lot of different people. Um, when did your your connection to art sort of form? You mean personally? Yeah. Well, obviously, for you to make a blog that that's so in depth, you must have some sort of um, strong bond to it in some way. And I'm not sure if if you are a creative type yourself. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if we if I've ever discussed that with you. <laughs> yeah, there's a, probably a lot of things we've never discussed other than, <laughs> other than your art. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. This is, um, this is an opportunity for you to tell me about you. Yeah, no, this is exciting. I'm really stoked to talk to you and, and um, get to know you via this. And, and also, I think it's – I had wanted to do podcasting for the blog. I had thought about it like a few years ago, and I'm so stoked you're doing this because I think it's so great. So just by the way, like I am, I didn't go to bed until 4:30 because of the tsunami. Yeah. Like I work in social media, so I was up all night, like live tweeting. That's tsunami, I want to talk to so. you about all that too. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so I've been, like, I've been listening to them at work. Yeah, um, that's a that's what, and I do the same thing with other people's podcasts. Yeah. So what I wanted to say was that I, I love that you're doing this because there's a real void in uh, in art podcasts at least from i mean not that i've like extensively looked but um i think in like our genre like our scene and i think it's really awesome that you're doing this yeah but um to answer your questions i am a creative person i'm not an artist capital a i knit i sew i can draw i can paint i haven't drawn or paint in years um it's not my passion my passion really lay in um connecting people and turning people onto things I just really get off on it. I love like telling people about like whether it's a necklace I'm wearing or, you know, a new album I like. And, um, and so when I first started the blog, I decided I was going to, it was going to be like a culture blog, you know, and I was going to do about all the stuff that I liked, art, fashion, music, culture, what have you. And for those of you that don't blog, it's a lot of fucking work. Am I allowed to drop f bombs? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know what type of repercussions will come from it on your end, but you're you're more than welcome to say what whatever it is well, you feel. Well, I can be a little bit of a potty mouth, so yeah, I'll you can say it yeah. In. It's um we have the explicit label on <laughs> iTunes. Yeah, and so blogging is a lot of work, and I had no idea, and so I just was kind of like doing this personal blog kind of blogging about what I wanted, but it, you know, I just wasn't really like into it. And then I was getting a lot of like a, a lot of my information from other blogs, like uh, my own personal information, all of my content was original, but um, I started to realize like I was looking at fecal face and I was looking at juxtapose and Worcester collective. And then I was looking at like craft blogs and uh, girls blogs like girls personal blogs and I was like I'm getting all of this information about art and craft from all different places and there isn't like a female art blog out there there isn't a blog that um, addresses like uh, knitting painting street art graffiti you know all these things that I'm interested in and um, so I was just like fuck it I'm gonna just do I'm gonna make I'm going to make it for myself. I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to write about stuff that I like 
and it's going to be about art and creative stuff. And, um, and I did that basically because like I, I started blogging, I think I like blogged about like a tiny showcase print and then I might've blogged about something else that was like art related. And, uh, I just loved it. And I was like, why don't I just do it about art? And it's crazy to me how many art blogs there are now, because like when I started, like there just weren't that many. And, um, you know, there are the big ones, like I named like fecal face and juxtapose and Worcester collective, which I still all read today. I basically started it because I felt like there was like a, a female voice was lacking in that area. And, you know, you could go to a craft blog and learn about like how to make like a scarf, you know, or how to like make something super cute, you know, or you could go to Worcester Collective and see some rad street art or juxtapose and see like pop surreals. But there was like nothing that was that I could relate to as like on a whole as a woman. And and also, you know, I felt kind of alienated by some of the stuff that I saw in those blogs, you know, like it's a little bit of a sausage fest on some on some of them. This is actually a good point that I just talked to uh, Mel Cadell yesterday. Oh yeah, this. I love her. And we were talking about like all female shows mm-hmm. and how like the, that there's obviously um, something important in it in like that bonding of like you know strength in numbers like the to to be able to access a power that maybe doesn't feel um, able to grasp at a certain particular time. Yeah. But there's also another aspect of it that's slightly condescending, mm, totally. you know, in that in that it's it's almost feels silly that we have to that that we would have to like curate an all female show at this point in our history in our evolution that that's right. still a point. And I know you talk about these sorts of things a lot on on your twitters and uh, not necessarily on the art blog. And mm-hmm. these are some some issues that you've been facing recently, right? Mm-hmm. It's funny. I was just saying to somebody yesterday that, so I've been interviewed recently. Um, I mean, since I've been blogging, I've been interviewed and like this stuff is all new to me being interviewed, you know? And uh-huh. like, I don't have like formulated answers for yeah, totally. questions around this kind of stuff. And like, not that I'm a celebrity or anything, but like, <laughs> I totally understand why celebrities get their answers, their questions vetted. So they don't yeah. fucking put their foot in their mouth, you know? Yeah. So like one of the things that I've been, you know, that I get interviewed about a lot is, being you know being a feminist or you know being a female art blogger shows that are only about um men or only about women and how do I feel about that you know and so it's like to be honest like I don't know if I have formulated answers for all that stuff I'm a very like visceral person and like I'm very feeling and I just kind of put what I want out out into the internet and I'm not used to having like conversations about this stuff I mean I I, that's not necessarily true well let me let me um make a point on that because that's very true that especially as artists like we have uh and it's it's so funny listening like listening to myself on the podcast mm-hmm. i'm sort of off to the corner here because my mic is on the back side of the of the screen right now <laughs> so i'm not trying to hide from you but um we do like i have like a script you know sort of mm-hmm. like of some to go to stuff that i could talk about very easily and just yeah. sort of ramble and i'm used to saying it and yeah. you know, doing this podcast has made those things even that much easier. But I've sort of grown used to being doing like on camera interviews, and I'm by I'm by no way famous either. But you know, I've I've had a couple of opportunities to to do that. And you're right that there is certain uh, certain catchphrases that we can just set ourselves up with to to discuss these things. But yeah, I think I think it, what I what I am interested in is is just somebody else's perspective. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess <clears throat> I hear what you're saying about how, like, in this day and age, it's kind of sad that we have to, like, have dedicated shows. Like, okay, we have to, like, have all female shows. Like, we have to be conscious of this. And and I get, like, when people are like, why do we have to focus on that kind of stuff? Why can't we just be? And it's like, but you know what? Like, how many art shows do you see where there's 23 dudes and one woman? Yeah, you know? totally. So, like, and, ye yesterday, the... the conversation that we had was you know she was talking about an, an all-woman show that was actually like a benefit show for um a battered women's shelter mm -hmm. which i've actually done a show like that too but i i have male genitalia and <laughs> <laughs> and but you identify as a male but there's a difference in say like a gallery show that puts together like an all-female show as sort of like a kitsch thing like yeah. sometimes i get like I can see, like on the surface, I think those things are great, but the subtext to some of that stuff, kind of like, and that's my problem. Is which today, like, I really wanted to talk to you today. We obviously probably should talk about Japan today, mm, and there's yeah, a lot sure. of subtext stuff that's really like bothering me about oh, the really? thing. And I've been like really sort of semi-vocal about it today, and I feel kind of like I feel like I've been like slightly douchey, just because I've put out like some what could be some different types of opinions mm. I think. you're good for that i know and it's i'm really it's, <laughs> it's actually something i'm trying to tone back because sometimes it causes me more stress than i need mm. in the like the return you know mm -hmm. and it's well, that thing that interesting you said. things about social media is you know i'm a really emotional person and and uh i relate to like putting stuff out there that you're like maybe i shouldn't have done that is it the <laughs> irish catholic in you yeah, for sure. Hello, Megan O'Toole from uh, Boston. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I got the Scotch Irish blood. You can't tell by my skin tones or my mm. my facial expressions, but I get red in my beard when it grows out. <laughs> so yeah, it might have something to do with that. Yeah, that inability to keep those dragons inside. I I yeah. talked about that in my intro. <laughs> it's uh, a. <laughs> It's something I'm working on, but it's uh, like I, I just said, I, I want to go on one of those Buddhist retreats where I just sit and be quiet for a weekend and just don't even talk. Yeah, yeah that's intense. Sometimes your, our words are, sometimes they sting people, even when we well, don't Well, I think also, to. I mean, people really bring their own emotional stuff to your, your as in one statements, you know, and um, <clears throat> just to like get back a little bit to like the whole like feminist versus, you know, the art world thing. Yeah. I'm very sensitive about like not touting that stuff on the blog because I, I just, ooh, can you hold on a second? Yeah. Hey. How was your, uh... I'm the blogger right now. I live with a, um, I live with a bunch of really great guys right. and they're all like super supportive and awesome. So they were just like, came in and were like, Hey, <laughs> what neighborhood are you in? I'm in Soma, which is uh South of market for those that don't know San Francisco very well. Yeah. Kind of a, can be a kind of a dodgy area, but, uh, I love it. So you, you, you make an effort not to put those things towards the blog to sort of kind of take a po like the political stance out of it? Is that what yeah, you yeah. I mean, I feel like I want the blog, you know, I mean, it's been a real like a <clears throat> trial and error kind of like as I've gone. Like, you know, when I started, I had no freaking clue what I was doing, you know, and I still sometimes don't. I mean, I definitely have an agenda now and have an idea of where I want the blog to go. But when I started... I had no idea. I was like, I'm just going to put this stuff out there, you know, and, and my experience around that is that the blog has kind of become its own being and 
and grown and is, is his own, it's his own force, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, sitting here thinking about it, as I talk to you, I, I, it's not something I've formulated a lot out loud, but I just think that I want people to get their own experience from the blog. And I don't necessarily want to put my personal opinion on the blog. The only, what I do with the blog is what I put on there is stuff that I like, stuff that I dig, stuff that I'm excited about. And that's it. I never get negative on the blog and I can be super dark. I can, I have a very <laughs> like a uh, uh, witty kind of dark uh, sense of humor, you know, like, and um, I don't think that comes across on the blog. No, not but, at all. Um, Particularly yeah. with the name, with the name as it is. Yeah. So it's really about like, I want people to come to the blog and get what they want, you know, but I also want to, there's a heavy representation of women on there. And, uh, you know, it basically represents who I am as a person, the stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah. So I think that's a good point um, about just finding stuff that you're interested in, because sometimes I think maybe um, a, a feminist standpoint can be misconstrued by a, an like an ignorant population where, you know, for, sure. for me, you obviously find some sort of connection to to the the female work that you that you come across, and it's like me if I'm listening to music. There's a ton of female artists who I know are really really great musicians and songwriters and singers, but I don't relate to the stories that they're telling just because right. my experiences are different. So right. I'm not as quick to go say, "Hey, you should listen to this song." Right. Like there's all there's a disconnect from that in our in our male female relate like relationships but then at the same time there's there's a ton of female artists who i do relate to but it it almost like it's almost like certain songs that that they'll say something like it's it it's a different relationship than i would have to a male singer songwriter yeah and maybe sure. i wonder if if we see that there's a correlation between like male gallery owners which i'm mm. sure is probably a high percentage and the works that they choose, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of like that, just that personal relationship in, in understanding and relating to it. Because I know for, for, as an artist, I do that same thing that you do with the blog. Like my paintings, I try to keep my opinion as sort of metaphorical as possible so that mm -hmm. the viewer can relate their own experiences to something and find something in it that they relate to just in that, in that same way. And yeah. You know, I wonder if sometimes in that same way that feminism can be misconstrued, if sort of mm -hmm. chauvinism can also be misconstrued from a from an outside perspective. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking a lot about like, this is a great conversation. I'm just like a lot of the stuff that you, you've said has really gotten me like thinking. And my background is sales. Like I'm super into uh just connecting people and kind of quote unquote, like selling stuff, you know? Uh -huh. And, um, and so there, I do have like a savvy idea behind the blog and I don't want to, I'm not that I want to like sell the blog, but I, I, I want to connect people and I want people to relate. And that connection point is something that I think is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that a lot of people I don't think realize, especially in the art world, mm -hmm. that it takes people talking to other people about artists for uh, for that meme to catch on and for mm -hmm. a, a person's work to get popular. And a lot of times that voice isn't as touted as, say, like somebody who owns a gallery and sells work. Right. You know, just yeah. being that person who makes those connections is almost just as important, I think. Yeah. Well, and or it, more so. I think it's important to understand where that where that voice belongs. Like I've, I've been asked to curate shows and I thought I wanted to get into that. And, 
I don't want anything to do with curating. Like I really want to be a voice behind the scenes. Like I really just want to connect, you know, like gallerists to artists or, you know, people to artists or what have you. And, and so to get back to what we were originally talking about, I don't want to alienate the viewer. And that isn't something that I've become conscious of until recent, until, you know, the past, like maybe year and a half when I've started to realize like, okay, my blog is like, it's a female voice in the art world. And I know that a lot of dudes come to the, to the blog and, um, and I just really want people to take away their own experience. And then I'm a little more vocal on Twitter about like, uh, you know, female oriented stuff. Yeah. And I mean, for, for the most part, what I recognize is just like personal, uh, relationship type things or things that you're you're personally experiencing and there's something there's something really interesting about learning each other's experiences every day which is a big part of why i do this podcast and a, a big part of why i want to talk to people who are different from me or you know have, have had some different type of experience or come from some different place and then you know that's how we sort of learn is by understanding yeah. other people's experiences well that's what's amazing about community you know and that's why like i really get off on social media is because it creates this community and, and my experience around the blog has been that I've connected to people from all over the world, you know, through this portal and I've learned things about myself and about others and how to get by in this world. And, um, I mean, it's an incredibly rewarding experience, you know, on so many levels. Yeah. And I imagine you probably have a lot of people contacting you now, as opposed to at the beginning, I'm sure you were searching out stories and. Oh yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, I mean, that's how I have like a relationship with you, have a relationship with all the artists that I know is because I sat down and wrote an email to every single person that I ever wrote about and asked to use their work, which really, I think I didn't realize that I didn't realize what I was doing was actually setting me apart from a lot of other bloggers so I was creating community, like reaching out and asking people. And a lot of people were like, whoa, yeah, thanks for asking. And um, in turn, it just got like opened up this, again, I don't want to overuse the word, but opened up this entire community. And I now have like all these amazing connections just from like, but just this thing that I just was like, oh, this seems like the polite thing to do. You know? <laughs> right, right. Whereas like nobody does that in the internet, you know, everybody just grabs images and um, uh, I totally do that on my blog, but my blog is a little different. <laughs> well, also it's just different nowadays, you know, yeah, I, know. I mean, things are, things are just different, you know, with Tumblr and Pinterest and all those other sites, the, the bookmarking sites, like, um, you, you just grab images, you know? Yeah. I hot link all kinds of shit, but, <laughs> but it's so totally fun. in the story of, it, it fits a story and, you know, people get clicks. Yeah. It's all yeah. good. It's not like a, everyone's getting bogged down. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, um, but you, you work in the, the corporate social media world, right? Are you, are you allowed to talk about that stuff on, on air? Sure. <laughs> what, uh, what, who do you work for? Maybe we shouldn't say who I work for. Okay. I'll edit. I'll beep it or I'll just take it out. Yeah. And then I'll put yeah, the part I, in I, about sure content for, um, a large company in uh, Silicon Valley. <laughs> and uh so i wanted to i've i've been interested in there's a couple there's been a couple news stories about um recently i think i can't remember which company it was but somebody got fired for like putting some crazy shit on their company's twitter oh um chrysler was it chrysler yeah and, yesterday. <clears throat> i was thinking a couple, there's been a couple different stories there was a red cross story that was really great and they handled it really well where basically <laughs> some person was like what 
a 12 pack of beer and we're getting like I, I think it was like for for there's some word that they use like for shizzle or <laughs> like something to like and then like something that's about like how that they're basically getting tanked and wasted nice. and um and it started off this whole social media campaign where specifically named a microbrewery but red cross dealt with it really well where they were like oh you know we've taken the keys and there nobody is you know driving under the influence on the yeah. twitter stream anymore yeah. and and then the microbrewery company took it and ran with it and was like if you tweet this like donate so much money to red cross and like they ended up making like thousands of dollars for red cross and wow. and that person wasn't fired but um there've been a, a few uh, stories in the media about that recently yeah but, and it's so strange to me like that i was trying to i was saying about the uh democratization of one singular tweet so like what goes out there is is very uh it's uh under the microscope right it's scrutinized and rewritten and rewritten and uh, then finally put out there what kind of strange world is that <sighs> this is why this is why i can't say where i work it's crazy because so social media is like a big thing right now. You know, it's like kind of all the rage and like, I've been doing it since 2005, like unbeknownst to me, like I've just been doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, and now like I'm in the industry where like people want to talk about it and learn about it. And it's so funny to me because it's something that's intuitive about creating community for me, my hardcore like upbringing and my high end sales have kind of come together to like, create community, you know, and that's like, I've, I've found this like niche in my life that I've brought all these things that excite me and, you know, social media is like the pinnacle. And, um, and then I have to like talk to, it's just crazy to me because corporate America is like, now they're, they're all into social media and leveraging it. And, but they come from this marketing background that is like what you're saying. It's like, or they send out like a 25 page press release and, <laughs> and it has to be vetted and, you know, it has to be fact checked and, and social media does not work like that. Yeah. And so it's crazy to see these like super crazy, like uh, juggernaut of like corporate machines trying to figure out 140 characters. Yeah. It's like an old machine still grinding away at something brand new. Mm hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So for something, you know, I I assume you and I are around the same age. I think it's it's really interesting for us as adults to have had a childhood without all of these things and then come into a world where we do have all these things. And just just the connection that we have to everything in the universe, you know, in the on the planet. Mm -hmm. You know, just the being able to watch a tsunami live in Japan while it happens. Yeah, that it's was nuts. fucking futuristic. It's it's bizarre. Yeah. It's surreal. Yeah, and it, yeah. Uh, eventually, I guess you, we're gonna see those that old machine is finally gonna crumble, and and the kids that are growing up, who have grown up in this whole entire system, are gonna sort of change things, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because yeah, I mean, I think we are around the same age. I'm I'm 38, and right, you're. you're I'm 21. I thought we I thought we were about 21. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's crazy to me, like, people that are our age that, like, don't want to get with the program, you know, that, like, fight social media or fight Facebook or fight Twitter and where it's, like, these things, as, as, as annoying and, like, crazy as they can be, like, look at what Twitter has done for 
you know, just in the past couple months, like around Egypt. I mean, that's like a perfect example of like, what an amazing tool that is. You yeah. Know? And not and, only that, I talked to Andy Dick today. How weird is that? Weird. And Very Egypt, weird. And Egypt and Libya and, and Andy Dick. How did you talk to him? I just sent him a Twitter. He was, he was talking about juicing yesterday or uh, drinking, <laughs> uh, like I'm a big Jack Lane like juice supporter, <laughs> like I'm a cheerleader, you know? And so he had like talked about this like full on juice thing that he does every day or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast yesterday. Oh, another, another Boston West super, Coast transplant. Yeah, I have a friend that's super into him, his podcast. Yeah, it's good. And that, him and, you know, I listen to a, a bunch of podcasts, but there was something very interesting about hearing uh, somebody like him be very open and honest about opinions and uh, like day-to-day life that a part of me was like shit you know like there's there was a lot of things that I've kept personal you know just because it's obviously we didn't have social media but like there's stories that I wouldn't tell somebody rant like some stranger about like eating acid or doing something crazy you know but yeah yeah at this point it's like you know why if I'm not ashamed of of the things that I do and I don't think I'm hurting anybody I, I shouldn't have any reason to sort of uh you know, censor myself. And it's been, there's something really freeing about that, but there are some, there are some downfalls to that too, because then then you put all your opinions out there and then you got to be accountable for them. But yeah. And you just never know. Like, I mean, I think about that stuff a lot, you know, um, and I struggle with it. And like, you I mean, you know, because we're friends on online, like I have like a private Twitter account so I can like be real you know and then I have like my love for you account where like I am kind of like I'm pretty honest about stuff on there like you know like you know that like I just put my dog down recently and and I really struggled with that like alienating people that come to the Twitter feed to just read about like the things that I connect them to yeah but then also it's like I want to be real like my dog was a huge part of my life you know and and I needed to communicate to people that like, Hey, I'm taking a week off because like, I'm heartbroken, you know? So there's a fine line. I mean, I totally hear you. It's like, you want to share stuff, but then you you don't want to isolate, like alienate people, you know? totally. And with, with that said, like I, the things I say on my Twitter are way, like there's a lot of stuff I say on Twitter that I don't say on Facebook. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah. Which is strange. It's their different channels. Yeah, totally. And, um, and you know, like whatever, we've all lost followers for things we've said. And I think I lost a couple today, <laughs> even though I'm trying, I was trying to get to the 500, which, uh, I don't think is going to, is going to happen. So we're we're going to get you to that sooner or later. Yeah, eventually, um, eventually that will happen. I was yeah. trying to get one of those super Charlie Sheen surges, you know, <laughs> which I think is, is might be, uh, squashed now. Think thanks to, uh. Thanks to natural disasters, at least for a couple, at least for a day or two. Yeah, that whole scene has been very illuminating for me. Yeah, I've 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 actually enjoyed talking about it because there's a lot of more, there's a lot more issues to it than just like crazy celebrity cocaine addict. There's oh, totally. A, there's a lot of mental issues behind it that are are really interesting to talk about. Like for me, I, I really like I study the brain all the time and the sort of weird human behaviors that we all that we all have, which mm-hmm. as an artist, I have a lot of time to think about that shit. So right. like I've looked at it from a totally different perspective. Like I have a lot of, uh, of bipolar. You mean people. by winning? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> a 
lot of those type of things. I've experienced a lot of that stuff in my personal life with people around me. So like mm -hmm. there's certain, like even one of my episodes, if you listen to the bringer of light episode, which mm -hmm. is like my special, like uh, this American life type episode. Oh yeah. Okay. It's totally, it's a, it's a story about bipolarism really, uh, but not really oh, talked oh. about. I, it's not very specific. I let people gather their own opinions, but you know, what most people's opinion would be would, would be that oh there's like drug addiction or craziness or in all those things but there it's again that subtext i'm so attached to to what a secondary story is it's like when people say things even on twitter you know there's you can tell that there's there's subtext to everything that we say there's a lot more meaning in the things that we do that a lot of times we don't even it becomes subconscious and we pretend it's not even there but oh for sure you know there's a lot more meaning to things than we than we yeah attest for actually he's supposed to do two live shows so i don't know if the the sheen machine is done yet Ugh, to see this person just languishing and in, in his sickness is it's rough the human condition you know and you know, like, I definitely was one of those people, like, when he first signed on to Twitter, like, I was like, wow, like, you know, just totally watching, rubbernecking, like, thought it was hilarious, and then a friend of mine, like, wrote this blog post about how he beats women, you know, and how, like, there's been no mention of that, and yeah, um, so there's, you know, there, there's, that whole scene has just been very illuminating to me, and, and, and really great to watch people kind of get really excited about like the insanity and then kind of like wow this is actually is weak like this is really yeah it, we're, we're done with the celebrity like just people being obsessed with celebrity culture like it's gross you know yeah i think it's it's an escape from reality for people so it's like it's easier to laugh at somebody else instead of deal with your own personal issues or whatever mm -hmm. but for me it was it's it's one of those things like of course, there's some entertainment value in like the the wild things that he says, but it's yeah. like those same people like, you know, there was like, you know, the kids in high school that would make fun of the retarded kids from the special yeah. ed class, like, yeah, would like befriend them to hear like to make fun of like the silly shit that they said. Yeah, and there's like a weird connection between like making friends and making something popular just to laugh at it, not laugh with it. Yeah, that's a little yeah. frightening. But for me, there's there's more to it than that. Like, there's an opportunity for me to observe something like, you know, and not to make it like a scientist, but it's like, you know, we're in an environment now where we get to observe one another's behaviors in a in a certain way via social media. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot there. Like we could do hours of podcast on, on that whole scene. I mean, as a like because of what I do, because I'm in social media and, and I work for a large company that uh, distributes content. Like I, I'm immersed in that stuff now. Like I, I know all about Lindsay Lohan and that goddamn necklace, you know, and like and stuff that like I've never known about. I've never been interested in celebrity culture. Um, I stopped watching MTV like 15 years ago. Um, I, I do not watch any reality TV other than like. I'm trying to think of like what I, I watch like uh, the next 48 hours. Like I oh, like yeah. crime shows. Is that so like, that so that you could be a criminal? Totally. No, actually, because I, like my 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 dream job is to be a lawyer. <laughs> um, I mean, I like stuff like that. But any kind of like like Bridezilla or like the Biggest <laughs> yeah. Loser, like any kind of reality TV, just makes me want to like eat glass and jump out a window. <laughs> <laughs> It just really makes me feel really sad as a human being.
you know. Do you feel, Do you, why is that? Do you think because it's a, a waste of your time or? Because there's something totally different between just playing something in the background, like while you, you're crocheting or drawing or painting. Like sometimes those mind numbing. Well, here's here's something that's important, I think, for, for people who don't have um, creative outlets, that there's a... Uh, there's a level of meditation to it, to where they're able to finally shut their brains down from yeah. the stresses of their daily lives after they shove French fries down their face and yeah, you know, or that, drugs and alcohol after they do a couple rails, yeah, they bump a couple couple rails, totally, it's, turn it's, on a, the Biggest Loser or intervention. It's all the same thing, really. It's like yeah. that disconnect from reality for a moment, and that that for some people there's. There's positive ways to go about that, and for some people, there's negative ways, and it's it's yeah. hard to. I try yeah, not to really be judgmental. I mean, like, like, listen. I grew up in the '80s. I grew up in the '70s and '80s, and TV raised me. You know, like I love TV. So, like, when I blog, I like to have Law and Order on if I'm not listening to a podcast or Seinfeld. <laughs> I'm a, I love Kings of Queens. <laughs> like some stuff, some really bad, like guilty pleasures around television. But the reality shows, like, I just got a huge uh, flat screen TV, and um, I would turn on the television day, and Maury Povich was on, and it was, like, DNA or uh, paternity tests. And just stuff like that, like, it just makes me feel really sad, you know? It just makes me, like, when you ask me, like, what is it about those shows that, like, makes me want to do myself in? It's, <laughs> they're just, like these exposed nerves, you know, just like out there flailing. And I just feel like life is hard, you know, like life is, life is beautiful, but it's hard, you know, and, and I don't need any other noise in my life. Like I have enough in my brain, you know? Yeah. And, um, and as I've gotten older, I've learned how to, how to deal with that noise. Like the blog is a great way. It's a great creative outlet for me. And I do other stuff like ride my bike and I knit I'm not interested in having any excess drama in my life anymore, you know? And yeah. so to watch these people like pretty much killing themselves on TV to become famous for 10 minutes makes me just feel so sad. It yeah. just, it just does. It just feels super dark to me and I'm just not interested in it. You know? Yeah. It's weird that that becomes entertainment. Mm -hmm. for people but yeah for, you know but then there's people like me who are really interested in again that human behavior that, yeah. that comes with that even in the fakest of reality shows yeah like the willingness of people to do certain things becomes interesting to me but something about that is sort of morbid too like the scientists doing the rat experiments or something or the, yeah you know there's something a little non-emotional like detached from from that yeah. That is probably not all that healthy to, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think that some people use those shows as like ways to make themselves feel better. Like you said, to check out, you know, I mean, I have a, like a lot of my friends and my mom, like my mom loves those shows. And like, when I go back to Boston, like a really nice night for me is like getting takeout and like watching the biggest loser with my mom. Yeah. And like, I don't pay attention to it, but it's like, that's like quality time for her, you know? And a large part of that, too, I wonder how much of that uh, is geographical as well. You know, being in a city where you, you're you forced to spend a lot of time inside. Yeah, like Boston yeah. Boston or something. Like or when it's, you know, five feet of snow outside and it's zero degrees, for sure. Where in San Francisco, you just go outside and ride your bike and see some beautiful views. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great living, living here. You forget what month it is because we basically don't have any seasons, but, you know. 
the trade-off is pretty great. Oh, you got seasons. You you want you if you don't want to see seasons, you should come down to San Diego <laughs> because it's spring and summer all year. Yeah. But you you it gets cold in San Francisco and it's raining. There's seasons there. I ain't buying all that nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like there's just no there's no real extremes here. That's what it is. It's yeah, just that's kind true. Of like flat line, you know. Yeah, it's an adaptable weather. Yeah. So I kind of, I wanted to art like art nerd out with you kind of because yeah, uh, you know you, we were talking about connections and and building things. Um, I feel like that's been a a part of my life too as well. Like doing this podcast and like I ran a gallery in San Diego for a while, and I feel like in a city like San Diego, it's it's fairly cultureless. Like it's not interested in in art communities that much at all. And so you know I've tried to act as a catalyst because I've been. As much a, of an artist as I am, you know, I've been an artist since the day I was born or whatever. I've also been a, a, a fan of art, which I don't like that term fan, but about admirer. I've been an admirer of of things that people have made right from the get go. Yeah, me too. Me too. So like I've, I've, I keep my eye on, on everything that's going on. And it's funny, there's a lot of artists that don't. I've, have you noticed that? Yes. Do you think part of that is a front that they pretend like they don't know what's going, like what's happening out there, or do you think there's some artists that are really just so focused that they they don't get involved? Do you I know what, do you know what I'm trying to say? Different, huh? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like that sort of mentality. Oh yeah, I mean, I think that there's a couple different uh, personalities. You know, I think that there are people that are stuck in fear, and so they don't want to they don't want to see what's going on out there because they're worried that it's going to um, make them feel not good enough, you know? And then, I mean, and then I know artists who do check out stuff, but they have to keep it as a limit because they don't want to get into that whole, like keeping up with the Joneses. And then they, they lose their inspiration and they, they get too influenced. So I feel like that's kind of smart, but then there are people that like do not grow and, you know, are still doing the same thing and they're not, learning they're not they're not seeing um checking out new stuff and i mean i don't know you catch me on any on a different day of the week like i feel that way about blogging you know there's sometimes yeah. where i just can't look at the internet because i just i'm like oh i'm not doing it right you know and then there's other days where i'm like look at this look at that you know thing with social media too is that thing that you were talking about about how like we all of a sudden get certain expectations that we're supposed to be a certain way because we see these things happening on a daily basis on our computers and our phones, like a certain artist is blowing up. So we feel like we're supposed to be doing these like big fucking things or whatever. And oh I yeah. I mean, I had to take a hiatus from the blog for a couple of months. I mean, part of that was cause I started my job, but also because I was like really burnt out. I was just like running my, I was sick all the time. I was, I was doing the blog full time. And, um, and I definitely got to that place where I was like, I kind of hate this. You know, and like that, I'd never had that experience around the blog before, like, and I needed to take a couple steps back because I felt like I wasn't doing, um, I wasn't doing enough, you know, and I wasn't doing it right. And I was, I was noticing there are a hell of a lot more art blogs, you know, and kind of just felt things like kind of closing in on me. And I think that it is important to like take a minute and reassess and figure out where you want to go. But at the same time, not go to, you know, the other extreme of like, oh, I'm not going to look at anything ever again. Like it's important. Artistic stuff begets art artistic stuff. You know what I mean? Like you have to be inspired. And the only way you're going to be inspired is if you fill the well, you know, and 
And so I think it's important to just stay balanced, you know, and, right. and like you're mentioning with social media and the internet, it's like, we are like inundated with, um, with stuff, you know, just constant, just barrage of like this, that, blah, blah. And I've been doing a thing where, um, on the weekends, I'm really like, I don't blog on the weekends for the most part. And, uh, I just kind of disconnect on the weekends. I'm not that I'm not on Twitter that much and I just need a break. And, and the balance is very important because yeah. like I said, like uh, there was a point where last summer, early fall, I found myself just complaining to people about uh, the blog. That's the worst. And who wants to hear that? Nobody. You know? <laughs> Nobody, you know, but it, so I, you know, I took a couple months off and I no longer have advertising on the blog and it's not my main source of income anymore. So I don't have to worry about like when I post. You yeah. Know? I have a couple concerns about the podcast with that because it, it's a, it literally consumes a good portion of my time. It gives me, oh, yeah, I bet. it gives me a ton of benefits that makes it more than worth it. And I'm actually, I'm trying to get sponsors so that I, it can be more cost effective. Like I can, mm -hmm. I can put the value to the amount of time, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I have some of those worries too, that I put so much time and effort into it that I could possibly burn myself out, which is something I have a tendency to do. And, and maybe and it's that Irish Catholic thing of uh, like really almost to a level of obsession, like really getting involved in something like if there's something that I'd like, I, I go for it 125%. Yeah, for and sure. Me too. Sometimes we burn out a little fast from that extra 25%. Yeah. But it's all about balance, you know what I mean? It's yeah. all about figuring out where you're comfortable and, and having discipline around not only like one of the things that I learned as I've gotten older is like having discipline around forcing myself to do things when I don't want to do them so I reap the fruits, you know? Yeah. But also having discipline of like telling yourself like enough is enough, like take a break and uh, and just maintaining balance. I mean, it's a, it's a, daily, it's a daily fight, I think. And, yeah, and, and it's important to be aware of that. It's something it's it's getting learning to be a, a more mature adult i think in learning to find that balance like mm -hmm. learning what works well for you and what doesn't totally and, and it's hard it's it's like a lifelong challenge i don't think we ever sort of really all the way figure it out yeah i love i don't know if it's a buddhist saying or if it's a chinese proverb or that saying uh fall down seven times get up eight like, <laughs> yeah. i really like that you know like i have to fall i'm a slow learner and i have to fall on my ass a lot to like learn, you know, yeah. and, um, and that's something as I've gotten older, that's been really important to me is like being like, Oh yeah, that really sucked. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I say it all the time that I learn from my stupid. Yeah. It's yeah. my best teacher. Cool. Well, I think we covered, let's, uh, I guess we didn't really art out. Is there, is there anything in the art world that's really exciting you? Can we, it's so vast and so wide. It's, it sucks to try to just like pinpoint. I don't want to be like, who's your favorite artist or like, uh, Cause then I would expect for you to say me, but <laughs> you're no, on there. For sure. <laughs> uh, oh. But is there anything that's, that's been exciting to you that, that I know you've been posting a lot of JR stuff lately. Dude, that scene is, have you, have you watched his trailer to that, to his movie? I haven't, but he was just in San Diego this summer for the Viva La Revolution show. Uh huh. And, uh, they installed right in my old little stomping grounds, but no, I, oh, yeah. I have. And then there was the big install in the museum too, that a video was played. So I don't know if it's the same video or not. No, he, he did this. You got to check out the movie. It's, um, it's this, uh, movie about women and, um, it's intense. It's great. I mean, that whole, like, 
project that he just did in LA is mind blowing. I mean, I, I have a special place for street art. I love street art. It's something that I grew up in the graffiti scene in Boston and I'm not a big fan of graffiti anymore. Um, and I haven't been for a long time just because I've seen a lot of like really unnecessary violence go down around, um, graffiti. Yeah. Um, so it's not something I necessarily cover very much. Um, Which is a whole part of the culture, right? It's not just, uh, like, uh, just because you're in graffiti, there's violence. It's a, it's that thing like with Charlie Sheen that just because he's he does cocaine doesn't mean that it, there isn't any other issues surrounding that. You know, I, I'll leave you alone with the subtext. Just, <laughs> today it's so bad. Today I can't. It must be the solar flares. Are you or trying something. to pick a fight with me? I think I am. I don't mean to. I really. I don't want to Is because I'm, first fight. I'm a little afraid, but. <laughs> um, I, what I was gonna say about you know, that there's a whole like graffiti street art and graffiti. And I don't, I get so irritated by that, that argument, because I don't think there are any street artists that think that they're graffiti artists, but, um, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, street art is, is some, it's, I'm, I'm into it. And, uh, and that whole project that he just did in LA is, was just incredible to me. I would have liked to have seen him do some more women. Like, a, I noticed that there are mainly men that he posted or that he, he pasted, but I thought that was pretty neat. I feel like it's like when you go to the video store and like you have all these videos and then you can't yeah. decide like like so now I'm like what should I talk about? Well, did you hear um, they're gonna do the street market show again down at Mocha? In no. LA? Yeah, they're gonna redo the Twist, Reese, and Espo street market show. Oh wow! Down at the museum in Los Angeles. When's that happening? Uh, I don't know. I just re I just randomly saw some post about it yesterday and didn't get too far i think i saw it late last night before i went to bed or something i actually have one of the um tuna cans that was oh, in wow. that show one of my uh this this uh graffiti kid used to sleep on my couch when i lived at shepherd's uh he had a like a granny flat at his house oh, that yeah. he used to live in and uh this kid went to the show in new york because he went out there for like a postering gig back uh -huh. when you, you could all the graffiti kids were doing postering gigs to make money mm -hmm. uh and he hijacked one of the like the tuna fish cans that they had on one of the like the shelves or whatever, like the oh, mock wow. mark market. And I almost want to go up just for that show and bring it back and like set it set it back in there, you know, see if there's the same ones. That'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. My um like one of my goals in life is to be able to interview Steve Powers. I just yeah. I think he's I think Espo's incredible. I did a I, um I did a piece for my Philly show that I called a, a thank you note to Espo. Oh, for yeah. For doing the, the love letter pieces. Yep. The mm -hmm. gallery ended up buying that piece, actually. And uh, I think he got to see it. I'm not sure. But that project yeah. is rad. And I think it's it's growing, right? He's he's doing more of those big love letter projects. Yeah, he, um, he, he did it in Syracuse. I feel like he's doing it someplace else. I could be wrong about that. Uh, that's another thing with the amount of information that we get. I'm like, did I... Did that happen? I can't remember. I know. <laughs> um, Our brains aren't Yeah, that built kind of that. that kind of stuff really like that kind of street art, like uh mural stuff really I love that that stuff. Anything with words in it like really excites me. Like any play on words is very, very exciting to me. Have you checked out any of the uh Ben Ein stuff going up in San Francisco? You know, I was actually supposed to post about it um, yesterday, and I wasn't able to, and I figured I would post about it today, but it seems kind of 
not a good time to post with the tsunami. I just kind of left the blog alone today to just kind of respect what's going on in the world. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to go to the show. I, I have an invite to go to the preview. So my 500 followers on, um, tsunami Friday did not work properly. <laughs> it's weird. I, I did. I want to talk about that. Like, and again, it's that social media thing where it's like, it's so strange how, how compassionate we get as a people for just mm-hmm. a moment when we see a little bit of strife in mm-hmm. certain areas of the world. Um, so and then, I haven't, I haven't really been on Twitter today other than like for work. And I mean, I've tweeted some stuff from my own, but I haven't really been paying attention to other people. So what were some of the things that you said? Um, well, like I mentioned Nagasaki and Hiroshima for some reason. <laughs> it just, it came up, you know, like my thoughts were, it literally it was like something that just popped into my head that I said, well, my, I said, my thoughts are, my thoughts initially, or I can't, it was, you know, my thoughts are about, all of a sudden I'm thinking about August 6th and August 9th, 1945. My thinking like today was about like how, how there isn't a compassion for life all the time, like for human life. And it's, it's a shame that it takes a, a natural disaster or um, something really bad happening to unite a community. And it's something I've felt and experienced personally in my particular neighborhood. We've, we had two really bad fires, um, the, the really bad ones that happened the last couple, like last seven years, we had two of them. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment that I walked into a grocery store and I could tell that was just, you know, less than a mile away from a, a raging fire where people's houses and, and things were burning down, where people were losing their entire livelihood, you know? Mm-hmm. And I could tell <clears throat> that this sense of community was built because everybody was thinking about the same thing. And I see that happens in social media when people are all talking about the same thing, that it builds this very strange bond and sense of community that mm-hmm. that creates compassion for one another because of that community. It almost feels like you have bonds with people who you wouldn't normally have bonds with because they're thinking about the same things. Now, because I'm always on the goddamn subtext, I'm thinking, well, why aren't these people, like these same people who are saying, like, pray for Japan and and make sure you send $10 to Red Cross that are the same people who like will walk by a drug addict on the street and talk shit to their friends. And, you know, are the same people that make fun of that retarded kid or, you know, there's, there's a a disconnect from everyday compassion when it turns into uh, like a big thing that everyone is thinking about. And part of me, and that's why part, part of me feels like a douche because I know that by saying those things, it almost discounts the the tragedy and the real problems that are happening mm-hmm. but at the same time i i feel like there's almost a level of hypo- like hypocrisy mm-hmm. or- i'm on your twitter page right now i was just looking at what you said i don't think what you said there's the only thing that i saw or i saw this one tweet about this planet is amazing one gigantic living organism flying through space in a constant state of flux i thought that was amazing but this other thing that you said i I totally hear you, you know, I mean, there's something very sexy about being like, Oh, I'm, I'm praying. I'm about to go to bed and I'm praying for all those in Japan. You know, like I hear you, like it gets kind of old sometimes it's like, Oh, this is the sexy thing right now. And not to discount that what's going on in Japan is horrific and awful. Right. But there is, I hear you. Like, I mean, it's easy to be jaded around this kind of stuff because it's like, Oh, this is the, this is the thing that Facebook about today. You know? And I try to do it, I try to do it in a way where, because I'm definitely 
the type of person that is like, if you want to talk about something, by all means, you are free to say whatever it is that you like. I mm. might disagree with you and I might uh, challenge you in an open public forum, but I think you're free to say whatever it is you like, whether I agree with it or not. Mm -hmm. But yeah. so I don't want to, you know, censor people from saying what they want to say. But at the same time, I want to say what that I disagree with a lot of things, but I want to say it in a less negative way. And that's sort of why I picked those particular words today. You know, that there, I'm always uh, wanting to know more about a situation or like, I want other people to know more about a situation, like to think more about it. And I, yeah. sometimes it doesn't come out the right way. Like I have good intentions and sometimes it comes out kind of shitty. Well, again, I mean, it's all a process, right? Yeah. It's all learning about like what you want to expose and, I mean, I think one of the things that I learned a long time ago is this thing called uh, the honesty filter. And it's three things. It's, um, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And that's how you figure out, like, if you should, if you should say something, if you should be honest, uh -huh. you know, because oftentimes honesty can be used as a front. You and know? a weapon. But I hear you, you know, I say stuff all the time on Twitter that I'm, and also like, I'm. I'm in a place where I have a career now around social media. And so I have to be careful about the stuff that I say because I represent companies now, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't talk about it on my Twitter page, like who I represent. So I have to be careful about what I put out there. And I mean, it's very, it's a slippery slope. I totally hear you. There's stuff that I've said that I'm just like, Ooh, that probably wasn't great. Or, you know, where somebody totally misunderstood what I said, you know? Yeah. Which is a big thing. You know, I've never heard your voice until today. So tone of voice gets lost in the type words so often. But, you know, again, it's all about, like, as you get older, learning, like, what's appropriate and what's not. And, and you know, one of my biggest life lessons is choose your battles wisely. You know, what do I always want to be right? Where is that going to get me? Where does right get me? You know? <laughs> yeah. Which is it's, <laughs> it's tough to learn. It's It's learning right before you get into that mess, that downhill spiral or that downward spiral. It leads mm -hmm. you into some of those dark, like wicked places that. Oh yeah. If you can yeah. catch it right before, and that's something Buddhism has been helping me with that lately. Reading Buddhist yeah. books, and there's a podcast called that I I sent to you called Audio Dharma. Yeah, that was great. Thank you for that. Have you listened to? Have you had to listen to any of them? I listened to some of it at work the other day. I don't remember what it was, but like, because the past two weeks have just been kind of a blur. Yeah, a lot I can of, understand. Lot of tears in yeah. my cubicle right. um, around my dog, but um. But no, I definitely have bookmarked it. And I, I have so, like, I love podcasts in the same way. Like, just, yeah. I love to just put them on. And then I zone out. I don't even remember what I heard, you know? Yeah, it's good to just, it just nugget, you know? downloads into your subconscious. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, um, let's plug some of your stuff. So well, let's, plug the, let's plug the blog again so that people can go over there and check it out. Yeah, so it's uh, My Love For You is a Stampede of Horses. Or you can just Google My Love For You. That's a top hit. And um, you can find it easily. And um, on Twitter, my love for you, and there's a Facebook page called My Love for You. Nice, and I'll put all that stuff. I'll hot link your your blog to my web to my blog. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> and uh, so people love can you. people can check all that stuff out. Thank you very much for doing the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. It was awesome. I feel like uh, I don't know how much art stuff we covered. No, but, we just uh... got deep right there, which is good though. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it was a good. It was a good chat. We'll, uh, we'll do a part two somewhere in the future sometime. We that would be awesome. Yeah, it'll, this is an awesome conversation. Lots, I wanna, lots to think about. I want to do some um, some mobile podcasts. So next time I come up to San Francisco, we'll definitely have to get together. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And thanks for everything else, too, all the extra Twitter retweets and all that. Yeah, always, always. All right, thank you again very much. I appreciate it. All right, thanks so much, Mike. All right, Megan, have a good night. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.